CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, good morning. It's Wednesday, January 1st, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. Happy New Year to everybody. I hope 2019 was good. Hope 2020 is going to be great. And here at 24-7 Sports, our national recruiting team, we are ringing in the new year in San Antonio, Texas for the 2020 All-American Bowl, which will be broadcast Saturday on NBC. But the the lead-up to that game that a lot of people don't realize is much more important than the game that will be shown on television. We have practices every single day this week. We have player interviews. We have... We had check-in on Monday, which is height and weight and arm length and hand measurements. And I even got to be involved in the measuring process. Uh, I have a longer wingspan than a certain five-star receiver from the class of 2019 who I'm not going to embarrass and name. Anyway, I'm about to bring in a roundtable lobby discussion uh, with our national recruiting analysts, a few of them that we've had following Tuesday's practice. They split up the East team and the West team, so not everybody got to watch every player today, but we're going to have a talk about who looked the best, what role they might have for their upcoming college team, and generally why you need to know them. Uh, let's go. All right. I've got a few members of the 24-7 Sports Rankings Council with me here in the San Antonio hotel room, I've got Barton Simmons, I've got Steve Wolfong, I've got Charles Power. And guys, we just put together your top performers from Tuesday and your alpha dogs. And something that struck me as interesting was the guys who, sh- who showed out Tuesday are part of these like historic position clusters in these like big time power recruiting classes. Clemson's defensive linemen, Ohio State's receivers, Bama's linebackers. Steve, I want to start with you. Brian Brzee was the alpha dog at East practice today the number one player in the 24-7 sports composite. He's, like, this is a, a sick defensive line haul that Brent Venables is bringing in. Brzee, Miles Murphy, DeMonte Capehart. Like, is Brzee, first of all, as good as advertised as what you saw today, and what do you see him doing at the next level? Well, I talked to Brzee. Yes, he, he was as good as advertised, and he's certainly, he's been our number one prospect since the uh, initial release of our 2020 rankings, and he continues to show us why. Um, and... Uh, he, I talked to him when he checked in, and, and, and he said he sees himself playing anywhere from a two to a four technique uh, at Clemson when, when all said and done. But today he's playing defensive end, and, and and really was just a problem out there at six foot five, six foot six, roughly three hundred pounds. Uh, he's he, he, he's stuffing the run, he's rushing the passer, he's dominating at the point of attack, and and, and really was just the most ferocious guy. Uh, around the line of scrimmage. Barton, you wrote about Miles Murphy, or one of you guys wrote about Miles Murphy. Like, he doesn't get the Brzee pub, but he's right there behind him in the composite uh, at number three overall. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, 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 um, they're very different players, but um, both really dominant in their own way. I mean, Murphy is more, I mean, he's too, like, he's not a small defensive end by any stretch, but he's, he's a really athletic, 
edge rusher. And, you know, he's going to stay at defensive end. Brian Brzee's out there playing edge, and he's going to ultimately kick inside and be a three technique more than likely. Uh, but I think what I love about this this group, and Charles, you saw Demonte Capehart at the Under Armour game, uh, and you, know, you can throw Trey Williams in there in this class too, who's a who's a more of a true defensive tackle. But I think those three in particular, Brzee, Miles Murphy, Capehart, like they're all very versatile because of their athleticism and their size. Like Miles Murphy is a four six forty guy at two hundred uh, what was he? Like, two sixty two sixty something. Yeah. And Brian Brzee is pushing 300 and runs a 4.8. And DeMonte Capehart's one of the most athletic in this class. He's like around 290. And he's 290, and he's, a, and he's an interior guy. And so Brzee the, had that 4.13 shuttle, which is corner shuttle. Yeah, actually. so if you line those three guys up on that Clemson defensive line, even I mean, right now Clemson's playing like really more of a three-man front. I think that's more out of necessity than anything else. But if you line those three guys up in some combination on the line of scrimmage, like – Good luck. Yeah, and, and uh, Capehart was actually working at defensive end at, at the Under Armour practices this week, so that kind of tells you a little bit about his athleticism. And, and that's a great point. Like, they've been playing a lot of three-man front, and I think when you look, I think the model for these guys as, as kind of versatile defensive linemen is, is what they did with Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins played defensive end for them a lot earlier in his career, kind of bounced all around. He's a D-tackle in the NFL, and that's kind of where we project a lot of these guys. Um, and then you kind of look at how Venables uses that in their defense where, where he brings these inside backers on a lot of blitzes. They're almost really kind of like your A-gap, like nose tackle type or like I guess three technique kind of blitzers up the middle, and they create a lot of disruption with that. And then they're adding a guy like Trenton Simpson, who we think could maybe be one of the better right. edge rushers in the class if he wanted to be or if he's used that way. But he could be a guy that they just kind of use as that rush linebacker. Yeah, and not, not to get away from the D-line, though, but like Trenton Simpson is a great example of Clemson's had these massive – inside linebackers before but I think Trenton Simpson is that size the prototype that they're they typically like to bring in um and they, they mix it up they've had some undersized guys too but I think I, you know the Trey Lamar types is yeah. kind of what I'm envisioning but Trenton Simpson is a whole different level of athlete than that and and you know, just another really good compliment to those guys in front well, of Paul. Clemson replaced all those guys in the defensive front, still finished with the number two defense in total yards. But like, it was an interesting year on the D line. Xavier Thomas had two sacks. Like Tyler yeah. Davis was a true freshman All American for us. But you imagine like taking these guys, putting them there, kind of freeing up Thomas, who was the former number what four recruit in the twenty four seven sports composite. Like this could be another really special well, defense. Look, better they're they're, they're going to be incredibly deep. All four of those guys are going to play. And all four of those guys are enrolling early and going to be on campus next week, and they're going to get two practices on the scout team, which is going to have to is going to be an upgrade for their scout team as they prepare for LSU. Speaking of deep, Ohio State's receiver class, yeah. Charles, you were just in Orlando looking at Julian Fleming, the number two player in the composite today. Out west, we've got Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba. Did I butcher that, guys? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, this is. Add G. Scott, Mookie Cooper. Yeah, this is disgusting. This is like Bama 2017 with with Judy Ruggs, Devontae Smith. Yeah, and the crazy thing is too, uh, you know, Ohio State's not losing a ton at receiver. I think outside of maybe KJ Hill this year. So those guys are going to come in and adding what Garrett Wilson looked really good as a, as a true freshman. So like they're going to like Justin Fields is going to have a, a, an embarrassment of of options at, at receiver next year. But yeah, I think like. Well, coming from Under Armour, Julian Fleming was our top guy out there, and I'll be honest, like based off the one practice. Uh, if, if I was picking a receiver to play for me today, I would pick Jackson Smith in the Jigba. He's just like 
super polished, and he had probably the two best catches of the day. Gets open whenever he wants. He had a monster senior season, and, and, then, and then G. Scott was our, our was our second best receiver at the West practice today. So it was it's pretty crazy kind of what they put together. I think a lot of credit goes to like Brian Hartline for getting all those guys on board and really kind of like they were on Jackson Smith the Jigba really before anybody else. A lot of the schools were kind of maybe slow played him or didn't like him quite as much as Ohio State. And when you look at like how he's gotten better throughout the year, which it's pretty crazy. Which is wild because he had 1,800 plus receiving yards as a junior and torched Allen yeah. in, a, in a playoff and, and game for three scores. There, there was a thought that he wasn't maybe athletic, but if you go back and look at his testing numbers going into his junior year, like they were really good. I think he just kind of maybe got like pigeonholed. So I, I think that's a great. I think that's a great point because um, he look he was productive last year, like you said, Steve. But we saw him in camp, and the our Texas guys were all aware of him. Uh, I I remember talking to them about him and kind of asking their opinion on him, and the the returns were all very lukewarm, um, even despite the production and. And but Ohio State from the jump like identified him and really prioritized him and, and believed in him, and it just has taken us a little longer to come around on him. Uh, I think part of the reason is he's just he's like so understated in his athleticism. He's so efficient. He's so like there's just everything he does is is very fluid and efficient, and so he's not as eye popping as like a Demond Demas. Or even a Julian Fleming, uh, he is just a guy that knows how to get open and and get open gets open with a, a level of fluidity that that not many have. Well, Barton, back to like back to you. You had this interesting comment this past summer about Ohio State's sort of sea change of wide receiver and what they value. You, Charles, you were mentioning KJ Hills out. Those are like you mentioned the guys who run the crossers and the sort of Curtis Samuel guys, and they they're bringing in like a totally different type of receiver. Now you saw it with Garrett Wilson. Like, do you think that was a, a deliberate, tactful move by Ryan Day? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it fits his offense better. I mean, what what Urban did was was so crosser heavy, and so like they had all these Curtis Samuels and Jalen Marshalls and Paris Campbell. Uh, even Terry McLaurin, I think, played like quarterback in high school, didn't he? No, or, he was a receiver. He was a late bloomer. No, he, he was a late bloomer because people he's from Indianapolis, people didn't really realize how fast he was till the opening final. He had McLaurin had to earn his Ohio State offer in camp. But, but I feel worked. like he had some some like like I feel like he carried the ball out of the backfield some, or maybe I'm wrong. Either way, a lot of their wide receiver core was built like that, and these guys are very much. And now they still have Mookie Cooper coming in as well, who's who's. Uh, in more of the Rondell Moore mold of 5'8 slot guy, true slot guy. But these other guys are, they're these like big strapping outside X receivers. And it, it's, it absolutely, I think, is a reflection of what they're trying to move towards offensively. But to your question, Trey, I think they're just trying to get the best receivers they could get possibly, and go out and get the top three or four guys three, on their board. Three out of three out of state guys. You know, like Julian Fleming was a really big pull from from Pennsylvania. They beat Clemson and Penn State for him. Yeah, and and I, one one thing I'll add on Fleming, you know, I think I think one he definitely impressed us a lot at the, at the opening finals with with how athletic he was, and I still think like he has. He's, you know, he was maybe the best player prospect at Under Armour, but he still has room to improve. Like he's, he's yeah, a, he's a little raw. Like he can maybe have some concentration drops every now and then. And he's got in like he can improve his routes. And Brian Hartline actually said this in his signing day press conference. 
um, when they were kind of going through e- each receiver. And so we kind of think like once he gets in like a because he you know was playing in kind of like a like a like a wing T kind of deal, uh, small school offense. And once you kind of get him polished and you know maybe a year or two of, of like technical work and practices, like you'd have to think he's going to be super tough to cover. Fleming being the four four guy is probably what separates him when you're splitting hairs. But yeah. I know we've twenty four foot long jumper. But but we've t- where I was going with that though, Barton is we've talked about it a lot. You look at the shuttle times. Uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, I think, has the second best shuttle time in the country behind Keandre Lambert. Yeah. And, and and G. Scott also has a, a low four, like a 4-1 shuttle yeah. time. Fleming's the most athletic prospect in the country regardless of position. So um, the, that receiver room. One, one thing I'll add on Smith and Jigba, too, and, and this will show up more so when they go to full contact, might show up in more in, in the All-American Bowl game. Uh, he's a guy who, when you watch him run with the ball in his hands, he breaks a ton of tackles because he runs with his, his pads over his feet. He has like a natural like body lean pad level um, that kind of makes him dangerous on screens and stuff too. And, and he was also like a really good returner uh, at, at, at Rockwall. So that's one thing to kind of watch for, for when they go full contact, which we were just in like shoulder pads and shorts today. So Bama got some good news with switching gears. Uh, the other day, Dylan Moses announced he's returning uh, for another season and they might get Joshua McMillan back. He was approved for a six-year, which... They're going to have an embarrassment of riches at linebacker. Barton, you guys loved what you saw today at East Practice from Will Anderson, who's classified as a defensive end, uh, number 78 in the composite. But you, you, you wrote he's got some Tim Williams-esque edge ability. And this Alabama uh, linebacker class, to sort of you know, finish us here, you got the Ohio State receivers, the Clemson defensive linemen, and then the, the Alabama linebackers. Drew Sanders, five-star, uh, Demory Kennedy, on the five-star cusp, Quandarius Robinson, but Barton, we'll go back to Anderson. What did you see from him, and why could he be special? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, you mentioned a few, uh, Dylan Moses and, and Josh McMillan, and obviously they played two true freshmen, but those are really inside guys, off-the-ball linebackers. Um, I think what Alabama, and, and Alabama needs, obviously, to, to strengthen that position, too, but I think, you know, with Terrell Lewis, who has been an injury-prone guy throughout his career, um, Anthony Jennings off to the NFL. I think there's a real need for for edge pass rushers in this class too. And Drew Sanders could be that. He's not in an All-American game this year. Quandarius Robinson is playing inside linebacker here, but he's 6'4 plus uh, with outstanding athleticism. He could be an edge guy. Um, but the I mean the story has been uh, Will Anderson, who is is playing defensive end. Which will be an he'll be an outside linebacker for Alabama, and that outside linebacker position I don't think it will have seen a edge pass rusher like this. And y'all can correct me if I'm forgetting someone, but I don't think I've seen someone like this since Tim Williams. And I think he's a more even even a more complete player than Tim Williams was because he's not just. A speed guy off the off the edge, like he he today at least from watching the way he competed, the physicality he showed, he shows some real toughness, physicality, punch, and and just intensity to his game too. So um, I think when you add the versatility of Quandarius Robinson and Drew Sanders as well put to this group uh, in particular, and then Demore Kennedy, who I think look he could be an edge rusher too. But he's he's really I view him more in the inside linebacker mold. But all all those guys, man, that this really is like a huge injection of talent. I just think this is the Alabama class that can get them back to playing defense like we're accustomed to. That's really the 
been the issue for them and why they're not playing in the college football playoff this year is because the defense isn't what we're used to. And there's a ton of difference makers in this class. I talked to a couple college programs uh, about Drew Sanders. He was the top of the board, like literal top of the board, regardless of position guy uh, for several schools that are, are, are in the hunt. Former Oklahoma tight end commit, yeah. right? And I, I'll be honest, I watched a couple of his games in the playoffs I like. I think he might be a little more natural on on the offensive side of the ball, and that's not a slight to him as a defensive player. But he like he's such a good athlete. Like he can really make a lot of plays, and you like could easily project him as as an NFL tight end. Um, and, and then you factor in how athletic he is. He's like probably six five, two thirty. He has a sub 11, 100 meter time. Like he can fly. Um, but he's just a really strong player. Like all a guy that never really came off the field for Denton Ryan, one of the top teams in the state of Texas and, and made plays on the field. But I was going to get back to Will Anderson, you know, Barton, just watching his, watching his senior film, like he's one of those guys that he's in the backfield before the offensive lineman is out of a stance. And I, I didn't see him today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. But I think this is maybe the first event where any of us have right. seen him. And we, we liked him. We had him top 100 just really off of his off of his video. But um, I'm kind of wondering, you know, it, he kind of like won at, won at the the check-in with, you know, six two and a half, two thirty with 34-inch arms. Then he comes out today. Like, it's, it's kind of a question of maybe comparing him to other pass rushers in this class. We've kind of had a, you know, kind of been looking for maybe those true edge guys in this class. We have, like, a lot of really good D-tackles, but I'm kind of eager to see where he would stack up with the, the top ones. Well, when you watch his film, the only con- the only thing you're concerned about, ha- having not seen him in person, is is this guy six to 205 pounds and is he just not a big kid is he just playing is he just sort of like this undersized athlete but he is he is long and again he's he's got some he's he's got a lower bot some lower body strength to him and the way he converted speed to power today against offensive linemen was was startling um and it's it cost him off his alignment off guard too so he and 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 look the thing that, that I, I was maybe most impressed with, like when you track the guys that are successful at Alabama, there's sort of a common trait to like the guys that are just sort of business minded, come in focused, intense, yeah. like professional in their approach. That is the approach that Will Anderson was taking to the field, yeah, at least. I today. think Quadarius Robinson took that approach today, too. Yeah, I, I think the class, that's a great point. I think the classic example of that was like maybe like Amika Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. who's a guy who came in. You don't always see freshmen. Uh, really, and if when you look at the good save and defenses, you don't always, you wouldn't always see true freshmen come in and start. And Minka Fitzpatrick came as an impact player as a freshman, so if he has that kind of mentality, that would probably that would bode well. All right, real quick as we wrap this up, I'm going to go around the room and, and put you guys on the spot. Charles, start with you. Which of these position groups, Ohio State freshman class of receivers, Clemson defensive linemen, Bama linebackers, do you think we hear the most buzz about next fall? You think makes the biggest impact? Oh, that's a great that's a great question. I, I would I would always lean the skill players on that. Uh, but but I I would probably say I guess the Clemson D line just yeah. because all those guys are enrolling early, uh, I think they'll. I mean, Brzee's a day one starter. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll see they'll see time and. Murphy I, maybe too. I have a hard time seeing a, ACC offensive lines being able to block because there's there's really some bad offensive lines in the ACC when you look at the top teams that Clemson has to kind of go up against and that I would imagine their dominance on the front would continue. But I, are you thinking the same? Yeah, I'm thinking the same. I mean, because look, this is Clemson's playing. This hybrid defense, this that they adopted from Iowa State this year, not because they want to, because they were sort of and, and credit to them for making a necessary adjustments to to play to their roster, but 
they they can go right back to 2018 with this these guys and i i think they're also look i mean there's some k parts got is a little bit raw i guess but they're so talented man these guys can come in and pl- play um so I think Clemson defense line. Steve, you going Sam or you want to play like devil's advocate with Justin Fields' new group of weapons? Well, I really think that those guys are going to make a huge impact alongside Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, of course. Uh, but I, I think that when the NFL draft comes around, uh, it's going to be ridiculous with where these Clemson guys are going to – I think we're looking at three potential top ten picks – uh, in um, Brzee, uh, Miles Murphy, and Capehart, and, and then you still have Trey William. You got Trenton Simpson, who I think is a potential first rounder. I, Clemson's defense has been phenomenal under Venables. This may be his best nucleus of guys yet. All right, thanks again to those guys for having that discussion with me. It's always interesting to pick their brain and, and see who they like, see who they don't like as much as some other guys might. This 2020 class is loaded. Great quarterbacks, great defensive line play. It's been a lot of fun to check out these 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 recruits, and it's they they are very much the upcoming stars of college football. So a lot of people are always like, "Well, recruiting doesn't matter," or you know, this is just you know ballet and and, and football pads. But I dare disagree fiercely. Uh, before we roll out this New Year's podcast, one big news item that came across the wire on Tuesday. Wake Forest starting quarterback Jamie Newman entered the transfer portal. I think that's a pretty shocking one for Demon Deacon fans. Newman is going to be a grad transfer. He was 10-6 and in 16 starts at Wake, but this season he was their de facto starting quarterback, their absolute guy under center. 61% completion, almost 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I guess Sam Hartman's the guy in 2020, but this is a big loss for Wake Forest. It could be a massive gain for somebody on the grad transfer quarterback market. Maybe it's Oregon. Yahoo Sports' Pete Thamel reported on Tuesday that there was mutual interest between Newman and the Ducks. I mean, that's that's a match made in heaven. Oregon has the makings of a ferocious defense in 2020, but they have to replace first-round pick Justin Herbert at quarterback. Newman would make them the prohibitive Pac-12 favorite. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For the 24-7 sports team, for Connor Tapp, for our producer, Tawny Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Thursday.